Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am Bruce. I am your host today. As always, today we are having a replay. One of my favorite guests that I've ever had on the podcast, Anthony Mangieri. This is live from Pizza and Pasta Summit, I believe, or Pizza and Pasta Expo a few years back. And uh, we talk about dough, how we got started, opening a restaurant, what it's like to run and manage. This is just a great episode. And to be honest with you, had a couple episodes lined up this week, but scheduling conflicts with guests got in the way, so I could not put that out. I am working on a Q&A episode, so if you have a Q&A or a question you want me to answer, it could be about anything. Starting a pizzeria, marketing, Instagram, which we've been doing a whole bunch of things, and I'm going to be going into that on the episode that's probably going to be coming out Tuesday, if you're listening to this when it comes out live, about my strategy for Instagram and, and what I've changed and what's happened. It's, it's dramatic. So if you have a question about that, you can shoot me an email, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. I'll add it to the show. You know, leave your your Instagram handle or your pizzeria, and I'll give you a shout-out on the podcast. Again, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com for any question you have that you want me to add on to that Q&A show that I'm working on right now. going to be recording that right today, and uh, we'll probably be out Tuesday next week if you're listening to the podcast live. Thank you so much. Uh, in other news... We have a lot of great episodes coming up, a lot of great guests that I have scheduled coming up on the future podcast. So if you haven't yet, leave me a review on iTunes, hit that subscribe button. I would very much appreciate it. And go check out our new website, smartpizzamarketing.com. A lot of articles we're going to be putting out over there, guest podcast speakers, guest articles, a lot of great information that's going to help you run a better pizzeria, whether you're just getting started or you've been doing it for a long time. My goal is to give you some information, help you navigate the crazy world of running a pizzeria, and you know what? Maybe make you smile as well. So thank you so much. Here's a couple messages from the, today's sponsors of the podcast. Appreciate them, and we'll see you on the other side. If you're looking to get into text marketing and want to make two to $2,500 more per week with what exactly you're doing right now, check out Boostly.com. Increase orders, drive reviews, and measure performance with Boostly's text marketing platform all at the lift of a finger. Check out the interview I did with Shane, the founder of Boostly, and see how it works, how you can get set up in 15 minutes, and how you can get going with your existing point of sale system. It integrates with all of the information you already have from your customers to get the text marketing platform that's perfect for your business. And this is the best part. It doesn't cost you a monthly fee. There's no contract. You just pay as you go. So if you want to start small and see how it works and test it out, and then if it does work, great, you can go from there. With no monthly fees, no contracts, no commitments, just results. Go to Boostly.com if you want to get signed up. If you've ever thought about doing text marketing for your business, a lot of people come up to me and say, Bruce, I want to get Mondays and Tuesdays a little busier. What should I do? I think texting your customers on those specific days and times that you want it to get busy is a perfect way to do that. Boostly.com. Let them know you heard them on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Thanks to Pizza Cloud for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you are wondering how to get your phone lines, your online ordering, and your credit card sales to never, ever go down again, you need to check out Pizza Cloud, the cellular backup that helps you keep everything up and running all the time. I remember there used to be times in our business where it would be Friday night or Saturday night, and it would be an, a usually busy time, and it would be unusually quiet. And it would be like five or 10 minutes, so it wouldn't be all night. And we wonder, we would think to ourselves, wow, what is going on? There's no phone calls. There's no online orders coming in. But then it would start back up again. And then we would research, and we realized that there would be these sporadic periods of time where our phone lines and internet would actually go down, and we wouldn't even know it because it wasn't for an extended period of time. It was just 10 or 15 minutes. But when you're busy, 
10 or 15 minutes worth of orders can mean thousands of dollars every single week or month. That'll never happen if you use Pizza Cloud. They have a cellular backup. Everything will always be up all the time, guaranteed. If not, they'll fix it for you. Go to pizzacloud.net. Let them know you heard them on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. John, the owner of Pizza Cloud, will hook you up. Again, pizzacloud.net. Never lose another order or credit card sale or online order ever again. Uh, good to see you again. Thank you. Uh, you're giving the keynote address tonight. Yeah, well, it's a talk. We'll call like it the keynote. Yeah. We'll call it the keynote address tonight. It makes it sound like yeah. I'm more important. Listen, listen, if you don't hype yourself up, who's going to do it? Yeah, that's what I always tell my family. They're sick of hearing that. <laughs> I hear you. I'm, I'm the like, same I'm way. the best. Didn't yeah. you know that? That's what that, that's that. I, I actually get that to myself. Yeah. They're like, Dad, I don't care about your podcast. Yeah. I just Do we get pizza? Yeah. That's all yeah. they care about. Do you guys have a good pizzeria uh, where you live or like a spot that's the family I mean, go-to? So here's the thing. Uh, we're, we're, I'm, in, I'm from Boston. Right. And I don't want to turn like... I used to think Boston had some good pizzerias. There was one that I read about when I was a kid that I, excuse me, have never been to. Wasn't it? Do you remember the name of it? I'm gonna probably bastardize it. Was was there one called something like Timpanos or Timpanes? I'm not sure if I. I mean, this is quite a long time ago. Santarpios, maybe. That might be it. All right. That might be Santarpios is like yeah. a, a really well-known old, old yeah. Old. So yeah. So also like, I wonder what this lady's doing nowadays. Like, so this woman, Evelyn Solomon, wrote a pizza book like probably before anybody else wrote a pizza book. The pizza book by Evelyn. So yeah. So there was a pizza book that I remember I really loved, and the lady's name was Evelyn Solomon. Yeah. Solomon, uh, and I think the book was called the Pizza Book. And in it, it was one of the first books that I ever remember seeing about pizza, um, like really dedicated to yeah, pizza. Yeah. And it mostly, I remember, highlighted like the New York area, but it had like Boston in it and a few other places. And I remember that place, so it was called Scarpetta. Santarpios. Santarpios. Yeah, Santarpios San- 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 is like, they have two locations yeah. in Boston now. One's new and one's like really old. So what is the old one like? So the old one's like... When you think of a bar in Santarpios in the in the uh, you know the uh, south side of Boston, right. it's exactly what you would picture yeah. it to be. Like you walk in, it's like all brown wood paneling walls, a bar on one side, booths. They come up to you and they like write down the order, and then like they tally up the order with the pe- with pencil. You don't even get a receipt, <laughs> nice. and you put it right. They put it right on the counter. You got to pay That's cash. Awesome. It's actually not bad pizza. Like they have like literally pizza. It's like Co- thin. Yeah, thin. I would imagine like thin, almost like bar pie. Yeah, exactly. Pizza. It's yeah. uh, and they have like lamb. Yeah. That's it. That's odd. Lamb skewers and pizza. Interesting. Yeah, and that's all you can get there. Nothing yeah. else. But that book was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's funny you said that because I was just I, I've been in Boston for my whole life. Yeah. Really. Um, and I just went there for the first time like a month ago. Wow. I don't know why I never went there. Just how far is it from where you live? It's probably it's not like it's, it's probably like a half an hour. Oh, okay. But it's where it is. It's like yeah. you gotta like park somewhere else and like Walk. going into Boston, the city of Boston. So you don't live in the city. I don't live in the city. I live like ten minutes north. Okay. But, yeah, so like you can look out the window and see Boston, but yeah. it's a it's 15, 20 minute drive yeah. with no traffic. You know, Boston had a great uh, bicycling uh, culture, also at one time. Did they really? Uh, bicycle fabricating, yeah. Like uh, they ended up. I guess the one company was in Somerville. Yeah. Um, independent fabrication. There was a company there that like 
revolutionized and was a big thing in cycling um, called Fat. It was Fat Chance. It was owned by this guy Chris Chance. Yeah. And then from that spun off many other like really cool companies. It was a company called Ant from a guy that worked for them. There was um, this guy Inglehart that makes amazing bikes. I think he's in like Portland now or Seattle. How'd you get um, into bikes? I grew up BMX racing. Did you really? Yeah. Like from like second grade. So you could do all those tricks? Could you do all those tricks? No, I used to be able to jump, but yeah. I was mostly, it was like the tracks that you uh. race on, the, the, like with the little jumps and the berms. Yeah, yeah. You wore like like a helmet. Like a oh, so like the dirt tracks. Yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. the dirt tracks. And then in the winter they would have, um, they would have indoor tracks that were crazy. I often think back uh, to that and wonder how much of what I remember was really the truth <laughs> or if it was a fantasy. It's almost like that, like, that restaurant or pizzeria you think of when you're a kid or like Twinkies right yeah. like did you ever eat Twinkies when you were a kid I did you know it's funny yesterday uh, my daughter was reading a story and it mentioned Twinkies yeah and my wife my wife's from Naples yeah and she didn't know what that was no yeah. and my daughter doesn't either my daughter's American <laughs> yeah and well, so, my kids don't either though because it's like yeah. when we grew up we knew that was bad so we yeah. don't have our kids eat it yeah yeah so my wife was like oh Twinkies hey. Uh, that's like a, like some brown type of thing, right? I'm yeah. like, no. I'm like, it's like a spongy dessert tube-shaped thing with like white cream Yeah, cream in inside or something. something. But I was, some kind of- you were saying like you don't remember if it was the same, like Twinkies, right? Like like to me, I was, Twinkies used to be cool when we were a kid. Now you eat one, you're like, this is disgusting. Yeah. Why would I, I ever mean, eat this? I should try one. You should try one. I, I see. haven't had one. I mean, I don't even eat McDonald's. Yeah, I try not to. I mean, I seriously don't. Like, I don't eat fast food. Where do you? So, where, uh, you don't eat pizza out, though, do you? I do eat pizza. Yeah, I love. I still love to eat pizza. I really love uh, square pizza. Do you? I don't really eat Neapolitan pizza, honestly, that often. Is it because you like make it all the time? Yeah, it's like. I don't know. I'm just like I'm. Yeah, it's like. I, you know, for me, like Neapolitan pizza, the way that I like it is like uh, the way we make it. Yeah. So Simple. I don't really care about eating anybody else's. <laughs> right. You honestly. think you make it the best, so like why? I don't know if it's the best. It's just that's the way I to like your it. Taste, so I mean. that, like, that's yeah. the Neapolitan pizza that I generally like. I mean, there's other people doing it that I, I really love their stuff, but I don't know. Generally, when I eat pizza out, I go for square slices or. I like like Joe's in New York City a yeah. lot. Uh, the original location, the one on Fourteenth. Um, Where's your go-to spot for a square? Oh, without a doubt, Mama Two's. Yeah, yeah. Frank does a good job. Frank's Pizza is my favorite pizza in America right now. I is it say. really? Yeah. That's yeah. a great accomplishment yeah. for him to have you I, say I, that. I, I love his pizza. That's awesome. He knows that. It's yeah. not a secret. I I ride. My wife and daughter were in uh, Italy for the summer. So I was having the weekends, you know, like Sunday when the pizzeria mine is closed. Uh, I would like sometimes be like, all right, I like whatever. I go to church or whatever I do. And then yeah. I would be like free and I would be like, ah, I don't really want to go make the trek to New Jersey. I want to just relax and <clears throat> not run around too much. So I would like get on a city bike and I would make like a plan for myself and I would like go and I'd ride. I live in like kind of Murray Hill area of Manhattan. I would ride up through Central Park. I'd do the Central Park half the loop, yep. then cut over to where Frank's is. There's a city bike dock like a block from his spot. I'd get off. I'd go in. I'd sit in Frank's and eat like four square slices. <laughs> and they're big. And like blow myself out on them. And then I'd walk back, get back on the city bike and get on the uh, west side bike path. And I'd do the entire loop of Manhattan all the way around wow. to the bottom, come up 
cut over to my pizzeria, and then I make the starter refreshment on Sundays. So I'd go in there, go in, make the starter refreshment, do the orders for the week, and then get back on a city bike and ride ride back to my apartment. Wow. I could get like a, like, I think one Sunday I did like, I don't know, man. I think it was like 18 or 19 miles on a city bike. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you got to eat four slices. You got to do 18 miles. Yeah, yeah, you got to burn that yeah. off. But but I, I really, really, uh, I really. What about it. his pizza do you like? Like, what is it? The dough? Is it the yeah, sauce? Everything. Yeah. Everything. I think his, you know, his, I mean, for me, it's his squares. They're all great, but like, that's what I'm really drawn to there. Um, I think the dough on the square is amazing. It's got like a great chew. It's He makes it a little bit more well done too, doesn't he? Yeah. It does, and it's funny because it's so different from my pizza, um, but I love it, man. And, and the toppings are great. Like, he has one with the pear on it, which is something that I normally would never like. Yeah. And his is great. The one that he does with the sausage and peppers is fantastic. Like, honestly, like, I really love what he's doing right now. Because people probably think of, like, they're listening to this podcast, like, oh, Anthony Mangieri, he probably doesn't like anybody else's pizza because he tries to make his pizza so perfect every no, time. No, no, I mean, I love, I mean, there's so many people that I really think are doing great things, and it just keeps expanding from that. I think right now, uh, you know, it's funny. I guess it's like anything, like, with skateboarding, with anything, like, the newer, every generation just takes where you left off yeah. and goes so far so fast that you're like holy moly like it's amazing it's like you would never think that's possible and I think it's the same in pizza I think like you know a lot of people my age and uh, a little bit older who have been in the pizza business for 20 years or more um, came up in an era when a lot of the pizza was really crappy it kind of like had gotten very industrialized yeah. there was no heart in it strip malls were kind of becoming the thing it was just like it wasn't a great time in that it wasn't about the when pizza. When I opened, it wasn't like about pizza. No, it was like people like. Imagine if you could go back, not go back, but imagine if you could like. I don't want to ever relive this. <laughs> but I'm imagine, so done. Imagine if you could be 20 again today, right? And open your first pizzeria the way you did today. Like you'd be so much, like it's so much different today than it was 20 oh years ago. Oh my god, yeah. Like when I opened, you couldn't even get wood burning ovens in America. Yeah, like you had to figure out like. I when I started making pizza and learning, I used to make pizza in my fi- in my mom and dad's fireplace in the living room, because they had a fireplace where it was one of those old-fashioned ones where like the old-fashioned bread no, ones. There, yeah, and there was no, uh, no nothing in the way of like the entrance to where the wood sat from yeah. like the front where the field stone front on yeah, the yeah, ground yeah. was. So like I would make a fire in the fireplace and then like I would like set a pizza like right there and it wouldn't cook it the way it should, but I could already see it did something and I was like that's got to be the secret because yeah. I knew in Naples that's what they're doing but the, I mean like yeah I mean it would be so it was it's so different plus I mean, like even you, the expo yeah <clears throat> I used to get pizza today magazine or whatever it was <clears throat> back then and there was not one thing at the expo or in the magazine that was relevant to what I was doing. That's no. why I never came to it. I was like, why would I come? I'm like, I don't use a conveyor belt oven. Right. I don't use frozen dough. I don't use pre-cut cheese. There's no buffalo mozzarella here. There's no like, like it literally had nothing to do with me or my business. Right. And now it's like. It's, it's all that. At least 50% of it is. <laughs> Way like, more now than yeah, it ever was. Yeah, yeah, It just keeps growing. So yeah, I think like all that being said, it it's given the tools and 
the foundation for like people coming into it to just have a, a big springboard. It just like like you like you said before, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or <coughs> off the podcast, but like being creative, right? Like letting your be like the passion behind what you do and why you do it. Like you couldn't make a business out of that 20 years ago or it was very hard to make a business out of that unless you were in like a really busy area. Yeah, yeah. Like if you were in true. a rural area, you yeah. couldn't have done what you did because yeah. well, nobody would have had a clue of what it was. Well, I did, um, but it was a fight. Right. It was a fight. I mean, it was really a struggle. Um, yeah, you had to fight through it. I mean, it's you know, it was a battle to prove what you were doing had some merit to right. suburbanites that were like, what the heck is this? And you know, you make two kinds of pizza and like you don't slice it and it's one size and like it just everything about it was foreign to most people. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's great. I don't know. The only, I guess you know, you know what probably is the downside to that is that starting out now, I think it's harder to build a name for yourself and really like. It's harder to stay relevant now, I think. You know, like, if you open a business now, because there's so much good stuff going on, it's harder, I think, to really have your voice kind of come through the, the noise. Like, be original? Yeah, yeah. because, like, you know... Like, everything's already been done. Right. So, like, I don't know if what I was doing 20 years ago was even half as good as what a lot of kids are doing now that are opening up, but nobody else was doing it. Right. So, it was like, even if it wasn't that great which I don't know if it was or it wasn't, but it certainly was its own thing. Right. So even just out of that being an, a fact, people were, like, taking notice eventually. Right, yeah, like, yeah. oh, look at this wacko. He's, like, <laughs> open four days a week. He makes, like, two kinds of pizza. I mean, but that's, like, I, I think ultimately, not that they could do what you do, <laughs> but I think, like, if you said any pizza operator, they like, you could be open four days a week and serve two types of pizza, they'd be like, sign me up. Well, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people about that. They always ask me that. And I think it's choices, man. Yeah. It's life choices. I mean, you know, I can remember even not that long ago, like, you know, bumping into a restaurateur and then being like, oh, and this is right now I'm actually working seven days a week, like 80 hours a week. But before I opened the New York location, uh, like a year and a half ago, my business model had always been like four days a week evenings only I make all the pizza myself I make all the dough myself and I knew like that physically and mentally and spiritually that there was no way for me to do more than that it was already so intense right and granted it was four days but it's like a very intense yeah, yeah. four days um, and but I would always bump into people and be like oh it must be nice like to only work four days and I'm like well it is nice I said but it's also a life choice like I you know I don't have a uh, whatever, a Ferrari, and right. I don't live in a mansion. Like, there's also life choices. I think one thing that a lot of business owners get themselves into is the idea of trying to have a lot going on, multiple locations, and being this big thing. That's very tricky because, you know, the more you open, the more it costs to run these things, and you end up taking less and less money out of each place. So you end up in the long run where maybe you have like six locations and you're making less money than a guy who has one location. That's really busy exactly. or profitable. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And like I actually find it even funny with myself because like some people are like, you know, over the years would always be like, Anthony, you got to like have somebody like make pizza with you or like, you know, you have to like expand, you have to do this, you have to do that. 
And I was always like, yeah, I probably should. I'm probably missing out on, right, right. you know, some real financial gains and all this stuff. And since I've taken this turn in the last year and a half to, like, open a place that was open six days a week and have more staff and, and all this other stuff, I'm like, I think that old business model actually does work, man. Like, I think, you know, a good message for entrepreneurs is, like, if you want to, like, have a good life, man, like, keep it simple. Yeah. You know, like, open one place, keep it tight, make it great, put your energy into that. And if you keep your staff low, you take more money out for yourself and you can have, like, a pretty good income on yeah, location. Yeah. You don't have to look at Instagram all the time and see what everybody else is yeah, doing and then yeah, copy that. Like, feel like, oh, my God, so, so-and-so's got, like, six locations. I'm failing. I only have one. It's like... That one could become like a major destination. You yeah, know? I was just actually had did a podcast recently, so I do a lot of podcasts about people who yeah. have multiple locations. Right, um, and not to say that you know I'm not downing on those guys. I'm just saying that like I think there's also a real viable way to make a good living having one location and really focusing and keeping it tight and. You know, I mean, dude, man, the more you expand, like, you need a general manager. Yeah, yeah. You want a good general manager, you're paying them, like, 70000 a year. I think what you're saying is you got you. You to know who you are. And, yeah. like, don't look at, right. like, listen to this podcast and hear someone that has six locations and be like, oh, that's what I have right, to do right. in order or to be successful. hear six. me saying you should yeah. have one. Like, if you want seven locations, right, if you and want seven be, locations, yeah. do it. If right, you don't, right. don't feel pressured right, right. by society right. that that's not success. Yeah, find your voice. I mean, it's like that with... That's the beauty of pizza. Yeah. You know? It's like pizza's the only, I think it's like the only industry that's like that. That you have to like, I feel you, I feel like there is pressure to open. Like, what's the number one question everybody asks you? When are you opening your second location? Yeah. Well, it was, yeah. You know? Especially for us too. Now it's when is it opening? (laughs) Because I am opening a second location. Are you going to have, are you going to run both? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I always do things like kind of in a roundabout, not like a, I'm not a chef, and I don't even really think of myself as a businessman. Um, <laughs> so, like, you know, the, like, for a quick example, is like, the place in New York has been open for a year and a half. I have worked pretty much seven days a week since it's open. Really? Yeah. Um, and what that's allowed me to do is because I know, like, you know what? I will make all the pizzas every single night, six nights a week that we're open. I'm in there right. on Sunday making the start, and I did that. And I will do it if need be. And I can. And so if you're able to do that, it gives you the freedom to slowly build a team of people around you that love what what you're about, love what the place stands for, and you're all like on the same path. Right. And so the beauty of this is like for me is that if you go slow and you try to like do things organically and beautifully, like now I'm at a point knock on wood where like I have a very small group of people that work with me at the pizzeria who are awesome and that I love and care about and I and they feel the same and they love the place and they're proud of the place and feel like the place is so important to them you know and every person that works for me in the back of the house at my restaurant is like this is the my favorite job I've ever really yeah. How long did it, did you start off like that, or did it take a while it's to get there? It's been just a slow build, so that's kind of what I was saying is, like, going slow like this and opening up and being like, all right, I'm going to make every pizza and work here seven days a week and slowly fill these roles with people that are great instead of just being like, whatever, we're going to open up, we're going to fill it with people. They might right. not really care. The product's going to be all over the place. And we you literally just that. described everybody listens to this podcast. 
Right, and that's not what you should do. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. That's the like, problem. Like, everybody. Open a place and work. Like, yeah. if you think you're going to open a pizzeria and you're like, you want to be cool and have a pizzeria and you're going to go in there and have dinner with your family and then go home, your pizzeria is going to suck. By the I'm way, that was to me too, so I'm not just excluding. <laughs> no, that's fine. I can take it. I know. <laughs> it's I, not going to be good, man. And I know. you're going to come to an, uh, an expo and be like, oh, I want to find a new thing. I got to get in on a new thing. That, I was that guy, man. Like, I'm not like rocking it. It's yeah. like you're not rocking it because you're not in it and you don't care and you want to just do it because you think it's cool or it's a good way to make money or whatever. So I was totally that guy Like you just mentioned. like Literally, like we were doing it to grow, not doing it for like to make a really good pizza. We were doing it for the model of... Uh, uh, like growth and like a volume, right? right? Like not for like the. Dude, there's so many better ways to make a living. I know. Like if you're I know really, that now. Yeah, I wish really, I knew that then. Right. Like so, if you really want to make money and grow, don't open a pizzeria in the first <laughs> place. I mean, there obviously you can make good money and you can find a living in it, but like there's definitely better ways to make money. This is like owning a restaurant is like Does not now? a good. Yeah. So now, hard. Yeah. It's not a good way to make a living, like, you know. So do it because you care and do it because you love it and do it because the product is all you care about and that's going to s- spread out into maybe being a real viable business that you can make a good living from. Yeah. But I think a lot of people go around that and want to just have something that they're like, oh, this is great, I'm going to make a ton of money or I'm going to be a big shot. I think, I don't, yeah. I don't think, I don't think that's sustainable. Like, no. some people make it. You know, I think they might make it. And maybe they have a niche or they open up in an area where it just doesn't matter and whatever. Right. But I think most people that really achieve, like, you know, something in the pizza industry or really care. Like Frank, for example, from Mama Two's. Like, I mean, that guy is so committed and passionate and caring about what he's doing. And it shows, man. And that's why, like, I get on my city bike and ride up there on my day off and eat pizza. You know, and I same did, with, it's what you know he cares. Cause I did a podcast with him, and he did it in the basement, yeah, like in the kitchen, like yeah, yeah, on his phone. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I don't have any time. I'm yeah. here cooking. Yeah. I'm like, oh right, yeah, no worries, I mean, man. And, that, and, that, and that's like with all the guys that you see, whether they're older guys that have sustained it, like me, and have been in it for a long time, or younger guys or people that have been open for a few years. The common thread between everybody is that they really, really care about it, and they love. And they are always trying to be like, how can the pizza be better? Yeah. And then that just spreads out, man. Is that what your talk's about later? Um, yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah. passion, caring. Yeah. Is this your first Fundraising. time? <laughs> so, by the way, Anthony said... I'm starting a fund. Yeah, he's going to open it's a my pizzeria. retirement fund. If you want to shoot him a message, we'll link up his email. You can send him donations, donations or Donations for my vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, uh, going to... Uh, New Jersey. Where should I go? No, for my vacation. Oh, Aruba. Uh, Aruba's nice. I've never been there. I've been once. Florida's pretty nice. You you don't need a passport. You just go there. Yeah. I feel like Florida's like New Jersey with palm trees. It's less people. Yeah. It's a lot of senior citizens. Yeah, they're they're slow. Yeah, that's true. You can get around them easily. That's true. You don't have have to worry about. Yeah, you don't have to worry about them too much. (laughs) So, what is your talk about today? Just about passion. Yeah, so I'm doing my talk today with Peter Reinhardt. Oh, yeah. Um, who I love. And, he did the keynote speech uh, today. He did the keynote He was speech. good. Yeah, no, he was great. Yeah. Um, and him and I, uh, I think, are interested in a lot of the same things um, as far as outside our life of pizza yeah. in our real life. Um, and so I wanted to do it with him as, like, kind of 
somebody to bounce ideas off of. Is it going to be like him interviewing you, or is it? Kinda, yeah, and like we're going to talk about some ideas and concepts, but it's basically going to be about like just uh, you know staying passionate, staying committed. Um, kind of like some of the things that I see right now in the pizza industry and where it's headed. Kind of stuff. Anything in particular? Like, give me one example. Um, one example for sure. I think right now that's becoming a, a next big thing. And I talked about this last night. Uh, I did an event at Italy uh, in New York City with Identit. Uh, how is it said? Identita Velose. Yeah. Um, from Milano, which is like an amazing organization. Massimo Vittura yeah, yeah. there yesterday. It was really awesome. Um, and you know, kind of. Uh, you know, my thoughts is, you know, regarding like the pizza industry and then also the idea of like where pizza makers are in respect to like chefs right. and how the public sees them or even how they see each other and kind of work together. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And and I think right now one thing that I see like as a big next movement in pizza is natural leavening. Yeah. It's a, so I've never heard. It's exploded. I never exploded. heard of Lashley Devin Doe until... Uh, two years ago. No, it's insane. It's like everybody jumped on the bandwagon yeah. now. It's like a new catchphrase. Now I'm doing it at my house. Yeah, I mean, everybody. it's like like I saw an article this week um, about Donut Plant, New York City, um, who I love. They make, I don't know if you've ever been no, there. I've never been there. Have you heard of it? Yes. Yeah, I mean, the donuts are amazing. And he was like one of the first guys... Um, that was like making like really amazing donuts. Like, I think I've seen him. He was on a TV show, wasn't oh, he? Like he, he, yeah, he shot to the stars yeah. at one point. He really like he was great, and it still is great. And I just saw uh, an article this week that um, was about him spending, I think, the last six years um, developing a sourdough naturally leavened uh, dough for don for his donuts. Oh, okay, you know. So it's like that's the next thing. Again, like everything, you know, I see already it's getting bastardized and being thrown around where it shouldn't be. And right. People think natural leavening means like it's still, there's still yeast in it. Natural leavening means there is no commercial yeast anywhere in the product. So what is it? It's just to end. flour and water. Exactly. Exactly. Like you're not. So you if know, you put any kind of anything else other than flour and water in you're not doing Nashi Lemon. Well, I mean, I guess you can add something olive to help oil, maybe. it. Olive oil, maybe? Like, yeah, olive oil. Well, I mean, yeah, salt. you could. Yeah. Oh, no, there's salt in the dough and yeah. stuff. But I'm just saying a leavening uh, agent. Um, there's no added leavening to the to the. Product. How do you make your leaven dough? Uh, it's just flour and water. Just equal parts? It's in a bucket. Um, I vary with that. I mean, then you get into, once you get into that, as far as the actual, they call it the mother. Yeah. I call it the starter or whatever you want to call it. Um... In Italy, they call it a biga, but the biga usually has yeast in it, yep. and it's mixed uh, very, very dry, um, which is a great way to make dough also, but that's not natural leavening. Um, so with me right now, my natural leavening starter is, I would say it's probably like 50-50 almost. It's pretty wet. It's okay. like, in France, might be called a pool. So I'm trying to do it at my house, right? Right. So I would do fi- a cup of water, a cup of flour, mix it up, and then what? You're asking me like a step yeah. by step. Yeah. Um, so for my house. Right, right. This is literally for me. Right, right. No, I got it. Um, well, uh, first Let it sit thing, for... Right. First thing, you got to use really good flour. Okay. Yeah. I use the Kabuto. Is okay. that good? Yeah, no, it's good. It's the, the best flour that I can buy in the yeah, grocery no, it's store. it's great. It's great. Uh, what I would say for the beginning, though, is try to use like maybe... Uh, this is like, probably not interesting to anybody in the podcast, but I'm super interested yeah, in it, so I don't yeah. care. Uh, use like, a, a f- like maybe even a whole wheat. Okay. For the start, you want to use a flour that has as much natural sugar in it as possible. Okay. Um, and the least refined as possible. 
So like a stone ground, whole wheat flour, something that's gonna just be like really alive, really fresh. I mean, to get the starter going, I would, don't even think of the fact that it's gonna be used for pizza. Okay. Just think of it as like, I need this thing to like really- Get going. Get going. So like, even if there's like a flour company up where you live, yeah. it's like milling flour locally and it's small. Yeah. Get that. Okay. And just add water to it and let that sit for a few days. It's gonna skip tiny little bubbles throw half of it out and refresh oh, it really? with water. And then so you don't just it. add to it? No, no, throw some out. Okay. And then keep it going like that and then see where you're at after that. And it might be another day or so and then throw some of that out, more flour. Okay. More. And keep it going like that and like that. And it should take maybe five days to a week where you're going to see this thing start to really be alive. Okay. And then from there you can... And then when I make my dough, I use the same amount, like a percentage-wise of that instead of the oh, flour. Oh, man, that's like you can go all over the place. I mean... You Test could, it out. Yeah, I mean, there's people using like... I mean, there's guys in Italy right now that are using not natural leavening, but bigas, where they're, I think they're going like almost the entire final dough. Really? The starter. And then right before they make pizza, they're taking that starter and adding just a little bit of flour, water, and salt and mixing it off and balling it. Wow. All the way to like people use a very small amount and let it raise super long. And then it's gonna depend if you're gonna put it in the refrigerator or not. I usually just make it, let it sit out on the counter and then make it, then make the pizza. How's it going? It's shitty. I'm yeah. bad at it. <laughs> but I'm getting, I'm get testing it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, water, uh, I'm trying to, have I, you ever seen the uh, modernist bread book? No, I got to get that. Yeah, you know who they are, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The lady, one of the ladies that does it is here today. Oh, is she really? I saw her. Yeah, I got to get something because my daughter's like has a, I don't want to say it's a gluten intolerance, but she's like got a sensitive stomach. So this is going to help. That's what I mean. So I'm trying to figure it out because she loves pizza. Yeah. So this, if you do this, like it breaks down a lot of the things in the flour that are hard to digest. Yeah. And it makes it more digestible. Your body assimilates the nutrition easier. And like, I'm not going to say like that people that have like a gluten intolerance or weed intolerance or whatever are not going to have any issues but I've definitely had some people come into the pizzeria and eat the pizza that are very sensitive and be like I feel fine. Yeah well my daughter has Crohn's Oh so, man so my, she, a really good friend of mine has that yeah. is she on the medicine for it? No luckily we're doing good. it right now with just good. diet Yeah that's what he did So, But she loves like she's like Worse than me when Wheat it comes to is pizza. So bad it is. for that, they say. But she can do like if she gets like she, she can't eat cheese either, can she? She can eat cheese, um, in moderation. Right. She has to take it easy on the sauce. Yeah. And the dough has to it has to be like she can't eat bad pizza. Yeah. Like she has to if she eats pizza, it has to be like like you're saying, naturally yeah. leavened. Yeah, that's what really I'm saying. good like, pizza. Find like a really good fresh flour, naturally leavened, sea salt the yeah. dough. Like especially if she has that and you're making it for her, like yeah. you gotta like they get Take good it to the limits. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. like perfect it. Cause like yeah. she loves pizza yeah. and like me doing this, I'm always going yeah. to like pizzerias or like yeah, pizza but stuff. A lot of that kind of pizza is going to not be good. She can't her. eat it. She yeah. just doesn't eat it. No. She immediately no. gets a stomach yeah. ache and it's yeah. not good for her. So, you know, that's the thing with, uh, natural leavening over yeasted dough is that yeasted dough always tastes lighter when you first eat it. But then afterwards it sits in you like a brick. Yes. Natural leavening might not seem as light when you're eating it, but then it digests in a way where you're like, oh, I feel like I didn't even yeah. eat anything. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. I notice it too, because like we'll go to, nobody that I know really does naturally leavened, but they do like a lighter dough. Right, Like, right. you know, um, and she always can tell. Like yeah. we, if we, I can literally tell the quality of the dough yeah. by how she feels after yeah. we eat the yeah. pizza. Yeah, And we you just learned. come to the pizzeria. I know, I'm gonna, I'm definitely yeah, gonna. Bring her. 
I'm definitely going to take her. She definitely wants to go. We're using like really good weed. It's naturally leaven. I, you know, it's so clean. When's your new one opening up? Uh, the new one's going to open in probably like a month and a half. Is it similar style? It's to... going to be exactly the same. Just yeah, in a yeah. different location. Exactly. How far away for, is it? Uh, 45 minutes by ferry. Okay. Like an hour by car. So you're going to go back and forth between the two? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think in the beginning I'll probably be there a lot, obviously, because I want to give yeah, it the love start, that yeah. it needs and make sure that it's where it needs to be. And, you know, I'm like I said, I'm slowly building a very small team of, like, really great guys, great pizza makers, yeah. um, and just people that, like, I mean, I have a guy that's, like, the floor manager of the front of the house, like the servers, who's, like, amazing and, like, is with me you know like that's what you have to do you have to build like a team yeah. man it's like takes time too you have two choices you're either going to be like doing what i did for 20 years which is make every single dough ball and every single pizza yourself or you need to build a team of people that you treat with respect and love and hopefully they give it back to you and you can go from there i love it anything other than those two things i think you're kind of setting yourself up for a disaster you know? <laughs> i totally agree with you <laughs> i totally agree you know um, well, it was awesome talking to you. Thanks, it's always a pleasure to talk no. to you. I always get great feedback for the podcast for people who listen to the show. I'll link up your social because I know you're not like super social guy. Okay. So if you guys want to go follow Anthony Mangieri, I'll link up his Instagram. Thank you. And uh, go check out his pizzeria opening. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, yeah. it may be open. Yeah, yeah, maybe. We'll uh, go open. check it out. What's the, yeah. is it, where, what town is it going to be in? Uh, Atlantic Highlands, New Jersey, okay. and it's called Luna Pizza Napoli Town. And if you want to send donations, you can send them there? Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm taking anything. Anything you want. <laughs> donations accepted. Anthony, thanks so much, thanks, man. I appreciate man. it. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Fiero Group, fierogroup.com. If you're looking for dough mixers, dough dividers, rounders, and then this awesome Opera Prima dough stretcher that I saw them use at the Pizza Tomorrow Summit in Orlando, and I was blown away by it because I always thought that there was never going to be a product or something like this, a robot that could hand stretch pizza, but the way that this did it was unbelievable. So if you want to check that out, if you need something like that, go to fierogroup.com. But if you're also in the market for an oven, a dough mixer. They have all kinds of ovens for everybody. If you're looking to get one for your house or you're looking to get one for a commercial kitchen, or if you're looking to do wood fired Roman style pizza, all of that. They also have some classes that they're doing and they have these great teachers, pizzaiolas that come in, teach you how to run a specific style of pizzeria in restaurant. Uh, and it's just in a great company. Again, another family run company that I did a podcast with. You can go listen to that one, but Thank you, FierroGroup.com, for helping me do this show for you because all the sponsors that support this podcast are really the reason that the show continues to go because it's helpful, and I appreciate them. You want to check them out? FierroGroup.com is the place to go. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. I very much appreciate you. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button, share it with your friends, and go follow me on Instagram. You'll see the strategy that we've pivoted to. And you'll see the dramatic results. And when I do the podcast or when I'm recording the podcast that we did with the Q&A, by the way, if you have a Q question that you want me to answer on the podcast, Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com is where you can send that. And I'll give you a shout out and answer your question on the show. But also, you'll, I'll, I'll give you the details. What happened? Why we changed the strategy? What was happening before the results? The stats? The data? And what's happening now? And you can see the dramatic difference. And I'll explain why. And I'll explain that, you know, what you can do in your pizzeria to do the same or get the same results that we've been getting. If you want to check it out, Smart Pizza Marketing on Instagram. 
All right, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Very much appreciate you. See you next time.